Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is Julie Bates with the podcast Training the Pointing Labrador, episode number 280. And in today's, I'm going along with the same theme I started last week, and that is addressing an issue and a question that I'd gotten uh, recently. I just spent the weekend in North Carolina judging a test. Gosh, it was it was chilly. I, I was warm in Colorado, went to North Carolina, did not have enough clothes, very cold. But the generosity of everyone, I had plenty. Uh, great test, great. Man, I'll tell you, those people can't cook down there. So I gained two pounds on this deal. Uh, but it was terrific people. Dog work was excellent. Um, grounds were excellent. Everything was good. So that was a, a nice positive way in these kind of rocky weirdo days in the pointing lab world uh to spend it and i i really uh really enjoyed it so that's always nice to to have uh so coming off of that today i'm going to do uh address the issue of my year old dog pointing lab is not pointing and i've you know what can i do how do i and, the, and of course, there's all kinds of ideas. What what you will find that trainers do, there's a lot of good trainers out there. I, I want that said. And there's a lot of good things that they do. I am ne- I never sit here in judgment or, you know, no, no, don't do that. Do what I say. I don't ever do that. So there's a lot of trainers that good, well, there are a number of good trainers, I'll say that. And then there's a lot that are working to be that way. But they have, what, what we tend to do as trainers is, however we come into this, the pointing, specifically the pointing lab thing. You know, there's a lots of good retriever trainers. But, and there's a lot of good pointing breed trainers. And there are far more than there used to be good pointing lab trainers. But So what those of us that are in this kind of hybrid zone is whatever we whatever we were doing when we came into this and however we learned and then what we've practiced we take statistically what has worked best for us and then that's the methodology that we use human nature right there's nothing absolutely nothing wrong with that so that's what we do so this is how i did it so uh, quote unquote i'm not talking about me somebody did it for the last you know five years or whatever it is this is what i've done it works really well so this is what i'm going to do with you dog your dog so it's we do statistically what works best for us and then that's the method and the way that people will share with you now that's what I did too in the beginning. Now, I've been doing this longer than any of the trainers that I know of out there. Um, long time, embarrassingly long time. And I, of course, thought I was great when I started and then thought I was great a little long, further down the line. And then as the longer I go, the further from great I get. So it's funny. <laughs> in the beginning, I thought I was like hot stuff. And then now I'm just hoping that I can figure out this next thing. Um, but in all, through this time, you know, in the beginning, it was like, okay, this is what you're supposed to do. And so I worked on it and did it that way. And it, a lot of times it worked. And if it didn't work, it was because it was the dog. The dog, the dog's not good enough. Your dog doesn't point. Whatever. And, and then, so time and time, long, a lot of time goes by. And just many, many dogs go through. And the other part of this is when I do, especially early, the early Upland work, I'm usually out there by myself. I might be out there with a you know I've had some awesome clients that come out and go all day with me and of course they learn that's that's where you actually learn just watching dog after dog after dog but but especially more 
you know, that later on, in, in the middle of everything, I'd spend a lot of time out there and I'd go, and I'm just, just me, me and the dog and the birds and the field. And, and I just remember going, this, 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 this isn't working. This, this thing isn't happening. And I didn't know what to do. And it's not like I had Mike Lardy or Danny Farmer to call because they both said, don't talk to me about pointing laps. <laughs> but I, there was no like reigning guru out there to, to talk to. And so I'd just keep working and try to figure, try different stuff. I'd try different stuff. Most of all, the most powerful training tool I have, other than the walk, <laughs> is just observation. Not judgment, observation. So the first thing I'm going to say to anybody and to anybody with an issue with their dog is instead of putting judgment on it and saying it's that darn dog or this stupid dog or I shouldn't have bought this puppy or what whatever it is, instead of doing that, instead of having to rate, because everyone always asks me every time I watch anything with a dog, so what do you think? How did we do? You know, and, and I don't have a how did you do? I just go, well, I, this is what I saw. I saw this and I saw that, you know, and everybody wants like a, a rating. Well, on a 1 to 10, I'd give you an 8.2. I, I don't even do that ever, never, not even with the fanciest of all the fancy dogs. I just watch what's happening. That is your most powerful tool, particularly when you have a problem. And uh, buying a pointing lab and then it's not pointing, I guess it's, it's a problem, you know, because you got this dog for the upland and the other stuff and you want it to point out there. So, again, I, you know, there's a lot of different things you can do, but the first thing to do is assess what the dog is telling you. Make all your observations before you jump into some solution or you listen to what somebody says and then go try that. Because you really need to understand what's going on. So I'm going to talk about this one one dog in particular, which I actually, well, I didn't get to see in the upland field. Uh, but I, I've seen, or at least heard all the stories. But anyway, so the first thing, instead of just jumping onto something, which, you know, people are going to do the long cord, right? They're going to do uh, bird launchers. Um, they're going to do belly collars. There's all this stuff that people do. You know, my answer was, well, is the dog de-chased? And, and, and he said, no. And I went, well, there you go. You need to de-chase. Turns out, no, that was not it. So let me explain this. And this goes for a lot. If anybody here is uh, a youngish dog uh, that is, um, they're having some pointing problems. Uh, let's talk about this, about what you do with that particular problem. Now, ideally, let's talk about what the ideal situation is so that we have a frame of reference on this. When you get your little eight-week-old puppy, it, okay, I know this is not everybody's world. I understand that. But I'm just going to tell you about what's ideal. And that is when you get this little eight-week-old puppy, you know, you do want to do little retrieves, a few a day, not 27, I not even eight. I would do, you know, a couple in the morning, a couple in the evening or something, develop that passion. You want a passion and you don't want them getting all kind of bad habits because they do so much of it that it gets boring. So we just want to do it too out and back. So the retrieving part, yes, this is very important for pointing because I know there's a bunch of good trainers, people I respect, who do not do those things together. And all I can say is after all these years, I do these things at the same time. I have found that to be statistically the quickest way to get where I'm trying to get on these dogs with the best understanding 
and attitude. Okay, so you take, you want your little eight, eight we go puppy, it'd be nice to have some quail, you know, and show them the quail and then go just let them watch you go set it out in the grass. And then, I mean, so they know, don't expect them to go out there and be upland hunters and lock up and point. Some do. That's awesome. That's awesome when they do that. That's a happy. Some don't. Some don't. Their little minds don't have a clue. So you let them see. You go set it out there and let them run out there. And then it's, you know, hopefully they don't grab and catch it. This is not a retrieve. If they do, just get it away from them. Don't obsess over that. But have one where as soon as the little dog gets close, it's going to pop up there in a way. You know, I put my chucker that don't really want to fly. I don't know. They're not feeling good or they've been getting pecked pretty badly no blood don't have blood on them because that's an animal you're supposed to return with I'll put them down so they'll just sit there until the dog comes up and then they'll muster their energy and and fly away because I, I don't you know I'm just trying to avoid the catch but I don't get riled up if they do I do want them to want the bird a lot but anyway you'd introduce them to that and many many times with the good readings I will say more than half of the time the little guys point they don't know what they're doing they don't go, ah, upland bird, I shall point. They, that's not what they're doing. But they're doing what just this automatic thing says, bird, and they just freeze and go into the trance thing. That's real nice. Some will do it on the third or fourth ses session you have. You know, maybe they're 12 weeks old. Some won't have a clue, and they just won't even, and they, the bird even gets up and flies, they don't even notice. Okay, that doesn't mean anything other than the little brain cannot compute all of this. It just can't make a picture and a thing out of this. It's just walking around the ground and smells a dead worm over there. So you take what you get and you don't read too much into it. Unless they just lock up and hold a point, then smile because <laughs> that's not a bad thing at all. Um, and if it continues, smile all the time because that's very good. I have found over decades that when I get that little light switch flicked on, it might be dim, it might not. I got that light on. Now I have activated a certain part of their mind in their somewhere where the pointing stuff is in the brain, whatever little recess and location that is. I have activated that. The nerves are firing. And those nerves I need to go, you know, make get my Florex and run the Triple Crown or at least just go have my hunting dog that I'm going to point when I'm not looking at him, stay there and until I get there to, to get it. So it, it's important. It's just it, to click on that light switch is a really big deal. Um, and it's just an important thing to do. And it's, it's much easier later on if you uh, click it on early. And then generally, and there will be exceptions to this, generally keep it going. You know, as a professional trainer with the dogs that are with me or people coming out, we do it once a week. I wouldn't do it more than that because I have a lot of other things I need to do, and I like to balance all of these things at once. Do the walk every day on a little guy. Do some retrieves every day with a little guy. Introduce, get them out in the upland field uh, once a week on these birds. And then the rest of the time, you're teaching them about life. You don't eat, chew things up. You don't bite me. You know, you you get excited about going on the walk because that's just that will someday be your heroin field out there, and you you get them strong, get them get the relationship established with you. Always have the retrieving in there and keep that little the heroin part, that upland bird, 
keep that light switch going. Okay, that is ideal to start. When you do not start them that way, that part of the brain does not get activated. Maybe the retrieving part gets like way activated, probably a lot of times too much. But it gets activated and you, you, people need to understand, and there's exceptions to everything I say, but generally that means the retrieving part, which is a control thing, you are with me, you know, I throw it or someone throws it, I tell you to go, you go, you bring it straight back to me and you give it to me. Very, very controlled, very defined. So the part of their little minds that work, that are subject to the control and the focus and the pay attention, all which are important, that gets, grows and grows and grows. And that other little part over there, the, where the, the upland birds and the independent thing and figure it out for yourself and use your nose and use your eyes and use your whatever all senses they use, which is more than just nose and eyes. You know, if you don't develop that, it just gets shoved over to the side. And maybe, maybe on some dogs it's easy to bring it out and maybe on some dogs it's kind of hard and maybe with some it's really hard. Or maybe sometimes it's, it's a little too late, you know. Until they, I've seen dogs never point, and then they're about seven or eight, and they get that age thing going, and then that pointing kicks in, and their the brain is like, yeah, just sit, here, just stay here, <laughs> let them do the rest of the work. But anyway, that turn, flipping that little switch is important. Now, as the dog begins to, as you, let's just say you're doing things pretty well, right, and you're putting your dog on birds. As a young dog, what happens is they get very what everybody calls bold on birds. I, it gets where when you go out in the field, they just take off when they're, you know, maybe four months old. And they're just out there going, I know where, and you can lose control of them. It's all frustrating. Going, I wish I had the electric collar. I'm going to put the long cord on this dog. All these kind of things because the dog is so excited about it. But that's so excited about it. And being very willing as a youngster, youngster to push the limits is what you want. Because you want that dog... Because again, the upland field is a heroin field. That's where they go out there and they will do anything to be there and to be out there looking for that. Um, they are addicted to finding live birds. Um, that extreme passion is what we're going to use to ultimately really staunch these guys up. Just like in retrieving, you know, I want them really liking to retrieve. That's why I don't do very many so that every retrieve they do, they're very focused on. And so I'm going to use the bold on birds, you know, a dog that's going to go chase it. And then here I am heading over the, <laughs> over the hill with them to go get them um, because they're so adamant. That's a good thing. That's what we want before we start working on the other stuff. Now, a couple of things happen with a youngster. If they're never on birds, then they certainly cannot be bold. And, or if they're rarely on birds, or if they're in birds in real contrived situations, you've got them in a launcher. So they smell birds and oiled mechanical stuff, metal, metal and which all smells very loud. Uh, so they're smelling that, and then as soon as they get near, it explodes, and the bird comes flying out, and they're supposed to figure stuff out with that, and I'm sure there's some that do. Sometimes they just get afraid. <laughs> it's like that thing is, poof, pops out of there. So that's one of the ways that people, you know, try to get this thing kicked in. But when your dog, if you're putting your dog on a lot of birds, of what's going to happen is that real bold thing is going to start happening where they kind of get out of control. 
Okay, that's a good time to, to pull out for a little while because you got the bold thing that you need. Pull out for a little while and go to work on the basic obedience and get the control stuff so that you ultimately, when you do go out there and that dog starts chasing birds, you are able to get them back. So you just take a little break until you get that stuff. And usually, now I did, I did G for like a year and a half or two years or something on here. And she was one of those ones that just locked up and held point for minutes in the beginning. And as she got bolder and bolder and bolder, uh, it went from, you know, minutes to 30 seconds to 10 seconds to 7 seconds to 2 seconds. Well, then we stopped going out in the upland field. And we went back to real fundamentals. You know, she was force-fetched, got her collar condition, got her where I could call her and I could control the situation. I didn't have to worry about her being bold on birds because we had that. So then when I went back in and started doing the stuff that I did, um, it was real easy, real easy. And I'll talk about that briefly uh, here to fix that. Another thing that happens is you're doing your dog on birds every week. And they are not, they're kind of interested, but not a lot, all right? If you have that, then if you have a dog that is, likes to go out there, they may point or not point, I'm not even going to talk about that, but if you don't have that kind of heroin thing going, get it. So, and, and this includes even on a younger dog, a four-month-old dog or something. Now, they need to already have heard gunfire and know that it means really awesome things before you ever go out and just start shooting over them in the upland field, so... They got to already know you should be having, you know, pistols on marks or guns on marks so they know to go out. A gun means, oh, bird went down, go get it. Have to have that part done. But if your dog is not bold on birds, if it's not like a heroin shot out there that they are dying to go get, you need to get that to the maximum extent that that dog possesses that, that particular trait. And the way you do that, and let's say you have a dog, and the one that I'm referring to right now hasn't pointed yet. Hasn't been on very many birds, but also has never pointed. And that's the one I said, well, you need to de-chase. Except, turns out, the dog is not real bold on birds. Just kind of walking out there, you know. And it, it's done a ton of retriever stuff and very little. The, 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 the retrieve part of the brain is big and strong and the bird part of the upland part of it is not it's just barely there <laughs> so that's we need to get that there and the way that you do that is you go out there and put birds out really light and when they come up I don't care how shoot them and give them the retrieve now that in the pointing lab world everybody will say never never shoot a bird they didn't point and no that's a one of those rules that's just silly um yeah, if you got a pointing dog and they're not point and they break point and you shoot it, you just taught them to shoot. You don't have to point longer than a couple seconds, right? But we're talking about bringing out the point, and in doing that, we have to have bold on birds. And if they walk out there more worried about doing the right thing and being with me and listening than they are about finding the heroin shot, then we got to give them reason. So that's when you throw out all the rules. You put the birds down light. If they don't have any interest, you go kick it up. 
or your gunner kicks it up, however you're doing this, and shoot it. And when the dog goes and gets it, just reward the hell. Oh, such a good dog. And throw the, the dead bird around a little bit for the happy retrieves. And then go look for more. And you do that several times. And, you know, not even, don't wait till next week. I mean, do that two, three days from now. Do it again. Two, three days after that, do it again. You, we have to give these dogs, pointing dogs as well, a reason to want to get out in the field and go hunt. So before you're all worried about the point, let's get them to have a reason to go hunt. And we, you need to do whatever it takes, which means, and I, there's many dogs. I've messed up dogs that did point, and I was staunching them up real early because, you know, I was so smart and stuff, getting ahead of the game, and I'd staunch them up, and then in me doing that wool breaking them and holding them then i took away all the fun real sensitive kind of weird uh well-bred super well-bred dog we'd go out there and he just was like there's a bird and he would just step back because it was like whatever <laughs> it's like he was well broken you know he, but the that that passion to go look for birds was gone and i had done things that, that were not good i mean i'm not uh, heavy-handed but I had done something with this dog where they were more concerned about doing the right thing than they were finding birds so that's what I did go out in the field I'd go I'd go kick the bird around chase it shoot it get it go get it didn't have to be steady on anything did that for about two weeks and everything was good <laughs> the dog would go out and point again and hold and you know I got the multiple grandmaster stuff on him um but if you don't have that passion that I got to, you know, and if some dog just doesn't have passion, then you got probably got the wrong dog. But if you have one that's part of their brain that's like, you better listen and behave, is bigger than the whole, gosh, we're going to go get birds, you got to get that other side built up where they go and love what they're doing. Then you can go back. Once you got the bold on birds, which you have to have in these guys, especially if you want them staunch and tricked out and fancy. Um, you've got to get them where they're real excited. And then when they're going out there and just spit flying, whether they point or don't point or whatever, now, now let's go in and de-chase the dog. Let's teach that dog that, okay, whenever a bird flies, you can't go after it. And that's probably one of the most powerful without belly collaring and all that kind of stuff. And there's a place for all those other means. I'm not saying not to. I've done some myself. Very little. But when my other stuff didn't work, I went to, to that stuff and got it to work. But I, you know, I like to have it kind of come out without all kinds of tools and things hooked on everybody and all that stuff. So get them real bold on birds and de-chase them. And generally, if they're good pointers, you're going to see the point. Because there's no reason for them to go in there. D-chase is not steady to flush and shot, everybody. Everyone always thinks that. Yeah, my dog's steady. That's not what I said. D-chase. That means if they're whipping through the field at Mach 2 and a bird flies up in front of them, they either just stop or they do not pursue it without being told. So they just, they know that that is not their bird. Now, one of the contentions, and I heard it this past weekend, was the retrieve is always the reward for the point. And generally, yes, that's true. That's a very good generalization. But when you don't have any point, you got to get a reason to get out there and look for birds. And the retrieve is the reason, especially when you've been working a lot on the retrieve stuff and not on the other stuff, 
then you got to go out and give them a reason to go hunt a bird and take the rules away. And once you get that, now we can come back in with some rules. And, and then when we get them where we know they're going to stop, now they got to stop every time. Um, they got a point every time before they get the retrieve. But you, the cart's in front of the horse when you keep that there as the philosophy all of the time. So once you de-chase the dog, and again, that is not a steady to the flush and steady to the shot. That happens to be a, a part of the result of it. But it's not, it's steady, it, just a dog that knows when a bird flies up, you're going to get after me. It, 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 it's a, there's a whole thing to it and it's in the book and it's there's podcasts on it I'm not going to go over it now but once you de-chase a dog now you're going to find out uh does this dog because that just opens the door wide open for the thinking the pointing kind of thinking you know that part of the brain is all cobwebby and just weak like a little noodle and we need to get it big and strong so now you've opened the door for all right you can't chase it what are you going to do and I have seen I would say 90 to 95% of the time with pointing dogs or dogs that used to point and stopped or dogs that are supposed to point and haven't yet, that when you do that, that is the biggest door opener f to bring out that point. And then when you can bring out that point that way, and now you got to, if you teach them, hey, just because a bird moves or flies or walks around, you don't move in the woe stuff, not out in the field, in the woe stuff. Okay, now you got a dog that really wants to go find the birds. Um, really, really, really wants to go find the birds, but knows that it, if it goes in there and busts it up, it can't get it, and but really wants to get it. So they're going to stay there with their point, and then they're going to get their retrieve. Then the whole package comes together. But a, most, a lot of the time, there's a piece of this whole package missing. And many times it's, that the boldness is not greater than the control. And on a youngster, you gotta have a time in their life where the control is greater than, or the boldness is greater than the control. That's how you can staunch up these guys and make them, make them be really good. And we have that high level retrieving desire and high level of upland hunting and hopefully pointing aspect in there. And so when, when you got two high levels of interest in a dog, that's why in my experience, Keeping develop, developing them together keeps them both up there. Otherwise, you got one extreme and one non-existent. You know, if all you ever do is upland and now you go over there and try to get them to do triple retrieves and blinds and stuff, they're going, the heck with you, man, this is no fun. You're telling me what to do. Just let me go. So you got to keep a good balance between those things, in my experience, so that if you do that and they just they, the intensity and the uh, ability gets better and better all the time alongside of each other, then it works. But you have to pull out of the upland field if there's no, it, not if there's no interest, if, well, let me see. You have to pull out of the upland field if they're getting too crazy. If it's a young dog and you don't have all the tools yet and they're just going nutso, you know, and I've, I've chased them, many of them a long ways going, okay, good good for a while then I go back so I have the upland side is way too high and the the listen to me you know we're a team player side is too low I go get that back up with basic obedience and all the tools of that now I can come back and bring both sides up to the same level and then keep working on both of them 
so I hope I hope I said that in a way that makes sense. I know in the in the book rewrite new uh, new edition that I'm doing, I have had multiple multiple people say you must put a flowchart in there, <laughs> and so I'm going to have to. I know how to do flowcharts from my other life. I'll do that, but I'm trying to boy how to put all this on because. Sometimes it's this way, and sometimes you have to go back and review or reestablish, or sometimes you skip the whole thing. So you've got to go back, and this will certainly be one of those parts where how to get that going so that. And, and I, I'll say my emphasis is always on having that dog love this more than anything and have a great attitude. I, I cannot go in there and drop the hammer on them and say, you will do this or else, because um, nobody better ever do that to me, so I can't do it to an animal. Uh, but you can develop super style, super attitude, super passion, and super understanding and control if you just keep all the pieces in the right order and clearly understood on the dog. So young dogs with pointing problems, um, if, and if you don't have access to birds, you've got to. If you buy a pointing lab and you want the pointing part, get some help, find a supplier, do something. But you really do have to get those birds on there. And my personal advice varies from other trainers that do well, is to keep a good balance between those two things unless one of them is getting carried away. Then we back that one off, elevate the other one until we get a good balance again. And that seems to be the, the most effective, clearly understood. Dog is not overwhelmed by too much freedom or too much control. It's always kind of life expectations are the same. So that's, we, that's this week's Thanksgiving's coming up. Hunting season is rip-roaring. I've gotten all kinds of beautiful uh, hunting pictures. I have one individual that sends me all the stuff they cook, which looks really, really good, which I could never know how to cook. And I, I, that's hard, but it's fun to see everybody with all the birds and having fun with their dogs. That's kind of what this is all about. So everybody take care, stay healthy, stay safe. Good luck on hunting. Keep on training even in the wintertime, and I'll be back next week.